0: I want to see you coming back in here with fucking jerseys. I want to see you coming back in here
1: with bloodstained jerseys. Look at anybody
0: going and sitting up a paint with those boys after that. And the referee is looking around and acting as Mickey. Tell the children to play Six. tennis
1: or something. If they want to play tennis, go and play tennis and. Hello and welcome to this week's Three Man Weave. I'm joined here by two enemies at the minute, uh, in PJ Brown and Donnie Mahoney, after their feud in last week's build-up podcast. Fiozzi, he didn't listen
2: to it. Uh, PJ, what happened? Just to explain to the listeners. Well, Donnie, Donnie got off to a quite a lucky start, hit two on the button. Uh, I then came back into it, got, got three right. This ult- is against ult- the handicaps, by yeah, the way. Ultimately, I, I got three answers correct. Donnie got two answers correct. And then (laughs) a little bit of uh, controversy over the final one, which Donnie, Donnie, like some might say he got it wrong in that he was on the totally wrong side of the handicap and I was on the right-hand side of the handicap. But that one ended up as a draw and Donnie ended up winning 4-3. So it was Limerick, Carlo, and
1: Donnie said Limerick minus one. I I said Limerick minus one and I was basically left out of the studio,
0: (laughs) told to hand in my journalism uh, ID card and said... You know, give up this game. You don't know anything about GEA, <laughs> and uh, uh, and how did the match finish up yesterday between Limerick and Carlo? I just was curious. Oh, well, Limerick. well, well, Limerick won by a point. But yeah. So there well, you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll take my nerdism ID card back and I'm looking forward to uh, Wednesday showdown again where I got to prove my GA knowledge. Dramatic
2: smash and grab win that Car- Carlo sh- probably should have won. It yeah, cause so
1: Carlo were minus one in the handicap and PJ said Carlo minus three. So yeah. even though PJ was right and Donny was wrong, they were both the oh, same yeah. distance away. So yeah, Those are the rules of the game. You them's, got to the, put, them's the breaks. Yeah look so, they,
2: they, there is some bad blood burning between myself and Donnie. we're only t- actually talking on this podcast because you know it's professionally we have to talk but when we see each other <laughs> in, in the office there's like lots of like we're, we're, there's no eye contact
0: very tense it's the odd like uh shoulder kind of well, dig when i when we passed on the way to the toilet or something.
1: i can sense the uh i can sense the nervousness in the room between two of you. i'm gary connickton by the way uh so lads we're going to get straight into it this week it was a uh, an eventful week weekend even though there was no hurling few games called off because of the weather but uh, division one served up a storm anyway it was dramatic stuff in pretty much all four games every
2: game came down to the wire like all all four of them like uh, on on Saturday night Monaghan Dublin down to the wire and the same that the tree on Sunday it was I I think it's it's like a general theme in the in the Allianz League Football League this year is that the games are really close I I did like a quick look through all the, the results so far this year across the four divisions of 45 games 25 have been either been a draw or decided by a, a goal or less. Jesus, mm, <laughs>
1: that is crap. impressive. Um,
0: and um, some brilliant, like some just shocking uh, results as well. I mean, PJ, you, I remember in the, in this build-up party yesterday, you were all over a big Galway... Uh, Result and then they 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 made the trip to Bofi, Bally Fortress Ballybofi. No, Letterkenny actually. <laughs> oh, well, Fortress Letterkenny, even more of a fortress. And they pulled off like quite a uh,
2: a mad win. So like Gal- Galway were seven points down in about eight, I think, eight minutes into the second half. Mm. They came back. They got two goals within ten minutes. Uh, a mark of like the kind of football they're playing under party Joyce this year. Their two, the two goals came from the cornerbacks. Mm. They, they, not the first time this year They've, they've had cornerbacks it was, That was an incre- Like a really Dramatic game That and was
1: The comebacks were teams For the whole weekend's games though was, I don't know if it was the weather But the weather obviously Did play a part But you had back and Even Kerry and Ty- Were a good bit ahead Against Tyrone Dublin Monaghan obviously uh, Mead only scored a point In the first half Against Mayo Managed to come back And nearly snatch it So like It was Dramatic like From start to finish
2: Yeah mm-hmm. definitely The The you could see, like, people talking about the, you, I, I remember reading a good line from Sean Moran, I think it was the the other Wexford and Clare hurling game a few weeks ago, he was talking about how in the GA we don't have the Beaufort scale, we have our own kind of version of the Beaufort scale, we've got, oh, that's that's an eight-point win out there, mm. and you could hear that in, like, a lot of games <laughs> this weekend, you're like, that's a six-point win, that's a seven <laughs> point God, they'd want to be up by more than, like, uh, 4 in this. That that's a six-point win.
0: Yeah. And you look at that table now, the League One table, you've got Dublin, Toronto, and Galway all on four points. And then you got Donegal, Monaghan, Kerry, and Mayo all on three points. Like, after three games, we can write Mead off, of course. I mean, uh, we could we well, have done it, it at the beginning yeah, of the exactly. year. Controversial <laughs> thing, <laughs> thing to say in this office. Little Mead. But, but, we'll, uh... but like, it's quite like how that's going to shake down over the next uh, what four weeks is very, very interesting. Like, it, it really could go... In all kinds of ways. Dublin somehow of two draws. And uh, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, it's it's just... It's, it's, it seems like, you know, I think people may be worried that, um, you know, maybe it was... You know, you had two kind of powerhouses maybe in Dublin and Kerry and then sort of some false contenders. But with Cal McShane coming back and Tyrone, like maybe you do... Maybe we're nearing like quite an open sort of championship. I don't know. You'd it's going to be so. interesting
2: to see who goes down with Mead. Like really interesting. I, like I couldn't pick... Another team there that I think will definitely go down mm-hmm. because everyone else is. Well, they're only on three points, but they, they're all playing quite well.
1: Yeah, I think Mayo coming back at the end there to get that goal at the end was kind of a big one for them because if pretty they, important one. If and they lost that. And
2: doing the haven't done the same against uh, Donegal. Yeah. In the, in the first round, let's,
1: yeah. Lads, let's talk about the big controversial incident from the weekend. David Clifford's red card, well, second yellow, resulting in a red against Tyrone. So for those of you who didn't see it, basically it was the oldest dirty cornerback trick in the book, where David Clifford was on the yellow card. Tyrone Sub came on, who was that? Ben, ben McDonald. Yeah, Ben McDonald came on
2: on the on the pitch six minutes,
1: six minutes, and decided right in front of the umpires he'd get David Clifford in a headlock, drag him to the ground and kind of act like there was a bit of wrestling going on. And of course, the referee and the umpire took the hand out, booked both players. But of course, because David Clifford was already on a yellow card, he was the one who got sent off and he went mad, understandably, because like when you watch the clip back, you could literally see him being put in a headlock, dragged to the ground and his like being, there was a hand on his neck and he was like lying on the ground, looking at the umpire with his two hands in the air. It was the most ridiculous thing ever. PJ, what did you make of it?
2: Gary, when we say this is the oldest trick in the book, I mean, when this is written down in the book for the first time, I think it was written on like cowhide or something <laughs> like it. Uh I've, I kind of feel for the referee here. It was um, Fergal Kelly. He was mm. the referee in that he was kind of dealing with another incident at the time. And so he did have to ask his umpires what happened here. And he he, he went on their advice. Yeah. Like, I, I, the referee is like, there's so much to kind of deal with. And there are so many of these kind of flashpoints around the pitch. Now, it's so hard for the referee to cut, to, to deal with this. But like, it, it, was, it was so clear. It was happening right in front of the umpires as well. And David Clifford, like once he was on the ground, David Clifford had his hands in the air, clearly indicating I got no interest in this whatsoever. Like I I do not want to be involved in this. And you could see in how angry he was afterwards as well. I wonder if he kind of will think I wish I kind of hadn't reacted like that mm. it, like afterwards but he probably shouldn't have like he, he seemed there were some angry words exchanged with the umpire in particular but I've, I've, I've seen few I've never seen him that angry on the pitch before so he, cl- he clearly felt he was wronged near pretty much everyone who watched it oh, yeah. felt he had been wronged as well and like he is because he was booked earlier in the game he he was open to this. He was open to this, this kind of tactic. Mm. And like you wonder how like going forward, you would hope that referees are wary of this, not just in relation to David Clifford, but other kind of big name like uh players, kind of forwards who were important players that they the referees have to they they will be targeted in this way and this needs to be need to keep an eye on this, yeah? Do you think just going back to the umpire in question here? I think all the
0: umpires have a sort of a WhatsApp group where they sort of send sympathies to each other and like kind of communicate cuz first of all what is the point of the umpire if they can't get these kind of things right it was yeah
1: he was literally five yards away from yep. it and looking at it and like there was a great I think i seen a great screenshot going around uh, Twitter uh, yesterday after the game it was like Clifford shouting at the umpire which again like he shouldn't, have, he shouldn't have done but you can understand why he was angry and it was like the umpire just having this like cheeky grin is like kind of almost as if he was loving the attention and he's yeah. like I'm going to be in the papers here for this
0: tomorrow but. but like I wonder almost are they looking for the headlines so they have like a competition like <laughs> like oh you've got you're in the fo- you were in seven newspapers today well done lad and they're kind of going back and forth. Forth on the umpire whatsapp group if, would,
2: if we're going by like the, the umpire cliches donny then what's on the umpire what umpire whatsapp group is what kind of free meals they're getting at the, what kind of free dinners they are getting at various grounds yeah yeah it.
1: like kieran donny he tweeted out straight away after it happened he's like send on a sub on onto the star forward on the yellow start a row pull him to the ground smart by tyrone but not so smart by the umpires uh, 10 yards away with no clue of who's on the yellow or the situation is just unfolded. Proper, capra, proper camera angles may suggest otherwise like what are we doing here? Like, why? I don't understand it. Because why would a forward get involved in that? Like, there, when you're a forward, you want to be getting away from your man. You want to be as far away from him as possible. Yeah. Why would you get in a tussle with him, especially when you're on a yellow card? Like, these lads aren't stupid.
2: Yeah, I, like there were some people arguing. Well, why, why was David Clifford grappling in the first place? But if, <laughs> if someone comes over and starts grabbing you, are, are you just like hands in the air? Like you're not allowed to defend yourself whatsoever. Yeah. And he, ideally, the instigator should be the one punished, but these things like there's 30 players on the pitch you know it's really hard to police these and identify the instigator but like i did like i, I i'm not sure what what, what the solution is. i don't think there's a perfect solution Might i would feel like you come down maybe kind of like video replays and stuff but i don't know like that's very hard to do especially like that game in eden dork yesterday was it was moved like late on mm. like you, you don't have video you don't have video replays at every game yeah here's an idea what about
0: more umpires so if there was two, two on each goalpost, one was sort of making sure that the uh, watching the freeze and the other one uh, checking on on the on the instance, For maybe these guys, th- yeah, maybe they just don't have enough support. <laughs> maybe.
2: two maybe. referees. Yeah, two <laughs> referees. <laughs> that that, that would seem time. to be like like that. There is definitely like up. The problem is the J doesn't have enough referees in the first place. You know, kind of what people would think are good quality referees. So to have two is. That's going to be quite hard. It, 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 it probably should happen, but I don't know if they've got like the numbers to make it happen. Here's the question.
0: Did it affect the result that much?
2: Uh, yeah, I it think was, it, it potentially. Potentially. Tyrone were down to 13 at the time. I think Kerry were down to 14. There was mm-hmm. two players just being black carded and Peter Hart had been red carded. Mm. So, and Tyrone were up by two. It was about, I think it was about four minutes to go or so. Plus well. injury time. Plus injury time. There was quite a bit of injury time. Part part of that injury time was because of how long the black card and everything, the red Clifford the red card and everything kind of took. But possibly it I mean, like having they, I'd rather you would rather have David Clifford on the pitch than not. Mm-hmm.
1: I think long term, for just say in terms of the rest of the year, I think something like this, an instant like this, where even though Kerry might have potentially lost the game, because it could be a good thing in the long run because they might get referees to show a bit of common sense in these situations hmm. where they're looking to see look David Clifford we're no he's not going to get involved in this two minutes to go on the yellow card like when his team is losing whereas it makes every bit of sense in the world for Tyrone to do it so I think
2: like we find Peter Keane you probably look at this as a it's, a it's a really challenging situation to have been in and you kind of think okay how do we deal with this they, they, they got back to it in a point like they didn't down their tools and decide we've been wronged here. Like we've lost David Clifford. What, what the hell are we going to do? Uh, I think you, you kind of look at these situations as in, Kerry like, and a few other teams are privileged in that. They're, they're, they're not going to go down. So they can like look at these situations and kind of say, okay, what did we learn here? It was good to be in the situation where we were kind of like wronged. It was close game, we were down. And how do we deal with it, actually?
1: Yeah, Peter Keane about as controversial as you're going to get him after a game as well. My take on it was that it wasn't a yellow card. He was on a yellow card from earlier, and he was probably easy pickings to give two yellow cards to. That's about as uh, lively as you're going to get Peter Keane post match. I think
2: Peter, Peter, Peter Keane, not not as folksy as he kind of usually gets. <laughs> he, must I been, think. he must have been raging. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he usually he says nothing, but he'll say nothing in an interesting way.
1: Mm. So from one uh, big issue in the game to another lads, we have to talk about timekeeping because it was a big issue in two games in Division 1 over the weekend. We saw it in Dublin, Monaghan. Dublin uh, scoring with the last kick of the game to level, the game, to level things up. But in the, uh, what, the 80th minute, was it? It was gone beyond yeah, it was the 90th nine- minute. Yeah. <laughs> we were into the ninth minute of injury time. And then in Mead, Mayo, Mead were complaining that there wasn't enough injury time. Yeah. So this, and this issue is another one. Like, What do we go, what do we do? Well, first of all, what did you make of the Dublin one?
2: I, the pro, I'm, I'm not sure if there was six minutes in the first place, like maybe there was, but I thought that it was fair enough to add on the three minutes because there were like significant delays within within, within that within that added time. So I was okay with it. I was, watched it back on air last night and even like there were a few minutes, the, the injuries had just happened and Marty Clark said on commentary, this this is going to go to the 88th minute here. There's no way this ends right now. He he flagged it like he he saw it happening and yeah. I thought it was fair enough. Like as we were talking about with Fergal Kelly in the for game, this referee is so much on his plate now. Yeah. It's a, it's like the J has gone to an all-you-can-eat buffet and this, given the referee the smallest plate possible, <laughs> stuffed everything on top of it, and it's like, you know what? And this year decided let's throw a couple of extra chicken wings on top of this as mm-hmm. well here now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And I think this is a convenient, convenient kind of smokescreen because me, Annie Mcatee was given out about it as well, and like for teams like Monaghan who should have. I mean you can't what were they up nine points at halftime N-
1: they were nine points up with ten minutes nine to, mi- ten minutes li- of regular time to
0: go. I mean,
2: I mean, in order was twenty minutes to go yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but
0: like you still you shouldn't be losing that game and Meath no. were comfortably winning from what I've seen against uh, Mayo and basically handed the game to, to Meath or to Mayo so like you can go on I don't like it seems to me that injury time has just gotten like exponentially long, longer in the last 10, ten years in GA but like how do you how do you calculate it? And how do you quantify it? I don't know. I like the longer game myself. Let it go on. <laughs> if, play another fifteen minutes yeah. if you want. But like you like these teams, like it's a it's a convenient excuse when you can't close the game out.
1: I seen yeah. our own Mick McCarthy was tweeting during the Dublin game that timekeeping should just be taken out of the referee's hand, which mm. I don't think is necessarily a bad idea to have no? somebody there that has a stopwatch or whatever, and they can be like they can look at it in a cold way instead of being on the pitch where like referees are human at the end of the day it's easy to get caught up in these things not that I'm saying that's what happened at the weekend but it just would be like you said it's one less thing for them to worry about if they did do that
2: you do have like there's someone on the sideline I like I I can't see why you can't have someone like like in ladies football where it's totally out of hands you've got like the buzzer like it's it seems to be a no-brainer
1: I think we're going that way with mm. in the ga where that's going to be the thing because it's just causing too much controversy now like no matter if you play it too much or you don't play enough there's always going to be one team mm. annoyed about it
2: like i do get where you, danny's you're coming from with like calling it like a smoke screen as in ultimately these teams could be saying we should have closed out this game yeah but like if, when, when you're mead and you're like you're struggling to stay up yeah sure. like, like it does it like it does kind of like Stay in Division 1 is a bigger, is a bigger, is like it would be a big deal to them. Yeah. And like these results do kind of hurt and they can't just kind of say, okay, we should have closed out this game. No. You can also, you can, I can also see where like Andy McIntyre is coming from. Although, and and, and Andy McIntyre did said there's one rule for the, the Dublin <laughs> and the big boys yeah. and another rule, different rule for everybody else. I don't think they'll like that in Mead. Like yeah. I know he's a Mead man, but I, I don't think they're going to like that in Mead because like the big they, boys and we're the little plucky underdogs here. We, like, I know, it's a long time since, what, 20 years or something since Mead won in All-Ireland, but, like, they still think of themselves as big boys. <laughs> Yeah,
0: and they don't fear double.
2: No, they never do. Like this was
1: in the in the Mayo game, the Mayo Me game. It was there was four minutes played, but Andy McT. He was basically playing, and that half of that time was spent with players going down injured and time yeah. wasting, and they didn't go play any over. He, just, he this is what he said after game. I can't believe the amount of breaks there are in those four minutes of extra time, and we don't play two seconds of extra time. Dublin get two minutes last night to get an equalising score. There's a level of inconsistency all over the place. They want referees to get respect. They've got to show a little bit too. And then he went on to make comments about what the big boys get the decisions, but. With Dublin, during that first half, you were thinking in that Monaghan game. You are like, "What's going on here?" Like that was the worst we've seen them play probably since I don't know. It was the, well, it was the most. The, it's the most they've been dominated since mm. they played Donegal in twenty fourteen. They there were ten points down on one stage. I think it yeah. was like, and then all of a sudden you look up at the end of the game and they're level. Like, well, how how did they keep? Yeah, doing I, they did.
2: They, they did start off the game with a lot with what do you got new players, kind yeah. of fringe players, and as the game was done, they, they brought on. More experienced ones but i was still still surprised by how far they were down monaghan played some brilliant football mm. like the first half like the conditions were abs were terrible yeah. they were shocking um but they like the, the conor mcmanus's goal ryan McInnesby's ball in them was I, I could watch that all day long that was <laughs> it was like mac the the ball was brilliant mcmanus's movement to, to pick it to get free and kind of pick it up was brilliant the finish was really good uh, everything Mannion did in that first half was it was really it was really really nice football. It, like, I I would have been like doubtful about what uh, Banty was going to do with this team, but they they looked to be in like a really good place.
0: Yeah, I would feel much better about it if they actually had just seen the game out though. Yep. yeah. You know, like I mean, it wasn't just that they were up ten points in the first half; they could have been up about twenty. Yeah. They had they not only were they kind of kicking points from all angles, they were missing a lot of opportunities. Well, they Dublin it was like they had just gotten off a plane from bali like one of their like they had an add on holiday off plane. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you could see them just like, back from the holiday <laughs> just like you could see like their suitcases on the sideline like. <laughs> and like they just didn't want to be there at all and i i mean i we work very close to croke park here i cycled by um in the second half and it was like you could still feel like on the in the game that that dublin were gone um, and all of a sudden I couldn't believe that somehow they had just thrown Man and thrown it away. I would just have Monaghan would like just disappoint me in general as a team over the last <laughs> 10 years because they've have so many great footballers and they, I don't know, is it a mental thing, but they can't get over the line against big teams, mm. um, generally speaking. So this would, this really seemed like, like what they were doing in the first half of there, it was champagne football. Mm. Uh, in the worst conditions. And so it must just, like, I don't know, it must just be very disappointing for them on that bus ride home thinking, we ha- we played amazing, we got a draw out of it, we couldn't see it out. I, I just, it, it makes me question them a bit,
1: like, like what's really changed? So yeah. to the people of Monaghan, we're not angry, we're just disappointed. That's all. We're, yeah,
2: <laughs> we just... Uh, Rory Began was brilliant oh, in that game. unbelievable yeah. like that that free from 65 metres was, was was incredible and it that was, was just, only part of it yeah you can yeah. hear like on commentary um, they were kind of saying yeah he's only taking this to waste a little bit of time here like you're, you know he'll probably take ages over this and with a bit to spare Over the bar like, yeah. yeah Yeah it would have been good From 70 I'd say In the way and
1: Yeah like then you're saying Oh he'll do it to waste a bit of time It wasn't like He barely like stopped In his jog up It was like He nearly yeah. jogged from the goal b- Banged it yeah. over And went back again But uh
2: Just watching The way he strikes the ball Is, is really It's pleasurable to watch him. The trajectory Because he,
1: he, he, yeah. he kind of Hits through the ball And it's just It doesn't yeah. loop It's kind of rising As it goes over uh, the bar Is
2: that too But just The way he, his run up Is so It's all kind of laconic It's mm. like He did. I have no idea we've like in those conditions the other night like the, the weather was so bad he was like a, he was like a like a link you're like a like during the British Open you've got like a proper links kind sure. of golfer <laughs> yeah. versus like all the Americans coming yeah. over and they're like what the hell is going on here it's like the wind is awful and you've got like do you remember like Darren Clark went in that like I can't remember where it was but it was like a really low scoring really kind of like um end up on like what like two over or with the yeah. one two, yeah. a few years back i was t- i was thinking of darren clark as i was watching rory Begins <laughs> later tonight <laughs> too
0: yeah it's like shane lowry in port rush and yeah. then like brooks Kapka or one of these guys or who was the who was the guy who was who Lowry played with anyway i, I can't remember <laughs> tommy <laughs> Fleetwood. tom no uh yeah sorry i'm thinking of the american guy who was in the really slow player patrick oh Green.
1: I can't. Remember. Oh, uh, Xander Chaufflet Oh so yes. Like, <laughs> of course. how did oh. you forget Xander Shoffley? Anyway, lads, the the weather though over the whole weekend, like we talked about there in these games, but obviously you had Leash Cavan was called off, Loud Awfully Wicklow Sligo there in Division Two and Three. Uh, we kind of did well not to have more games called off but mm. even the ones that did go ahead like the weather obviously played a huge part like we've talked about Meade only scored one point in the first half against Mayo Kildare only scored one point against Armagh in the first half in their game Saturday night for Man, I think only scored one or two points against Mead in Division 2 like that was kind of a team throughout but uh, it's kind of interesting to see how teams cope with that weather but it does like you don't want it every week but every so often it does make for more things more exciting
2: yeah it's like it, it does come down to like the coin toss plays a, plays, a, <laughs> plays like a huge part in those games, football. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like and also, you have to go with the wind in the first half every time. If you win the coin, you have to go. with it. You don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. like in the second half, like and it, like definitely like the the Kerry the Kerry uh, Tyrone game. Kerry had the wind in the first half. You could see it with like the distance from like Kerry were kicking scores, and it, it did feel like oh, they're they're up eight four at halftime. It's like there's no way this is enough here
0: yeah it's what it's what makes the league such so great as a competition like you shouldn't be playing sport outside on these kinds of days and then
2: <laughs> maybe we like the misery done yeah, well, but like
0: most other in other countries they wouldn't they would like well we'll just wait till uh till till may or june when things get a little bit less uh, chaotic mm. but um it's like it's it's how you, it's how teams respond to elements and how they uh, even thrive under them you know
1: like we talked, we talked about Division One earlier on and how tight things are there. Like division Two is the exact same. So the way things stand after the weekend, you have Armagh and Westmead on four points. They've both played up, big up Westmead, by the way. Uh, favorites to get relegated as recently as last weekend. Nobody giving them a shout, but my mm-hmm. boys are still going. Uh, then you have Leash, who didn't play at the weekend, on three. Roscommon uh, on three points, and then Kildare for Man and Clare and Cavan on two. Cavan only have two games. Like you could still see any of them teams getting promoted or relegated. The way that division is yep, going.
2: Man. Uh, if Kildare are going to do it, they need a big upturn form. Like
1: they were dire in the first half against Armagh. Yeah, I know they were, like, I know they were against the wind but and the
2: conditions were like as bad as the conditions were in Crow Park. They were they were shocking in Armagh, like yeah.
1: And I think they only scored. They didn't score a second point until Armagh went down to fourteen men as yeah, well. They, so one
2: with with a one point until fifty fifth minute or something
1: eighth. around that, I think roughly. Which no matter what the conditions you're playing, <laughs> I don't think is great. Um, Division three. Cork and Longford are kind of separating themselves a little bit from the pack. Cork have won all three games, by by an average of seven points. You'd imagine they are going to cruise home in that one.
0: Cork are in a Division Three team. It's
2: a disgrace. It's the well, fact the
1: Cork are in Division Three. Well, is, they're in. They are.
2: They're they're in the Division Three. They are a Division Three team. <laughs> That's a, I know it's hard to argue with that, <laughs>
0: but they shouldn't be. Yeah, uh,
1: Limerick have won all three games in Division Four. Uh, and then Sligo didn't play at the weekend their game was called off but they've still won two so it's the Sligo renaissance is still on Cork
2: football um, is a very different place this this year to where it was mm. at, like at the end of last year Yeah,
1: isn't it great though to see this well like I know. I don't think any of us are really all that much in favour of the division of two tier championship. But the, the one thing about it is, it does add so much more. Like you see, Cork, Longford, said Derry, Down, Tip, all those teams in Division Three are really gunning for, it. and mm. then you have teams clinging on for life into Division Two yeah. just to hope and pray that they don't get relegated.
2: Definitely added spice to it this year.
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent, lads. We're going to get into our thirty second whinges now. Okay, so Donnie, you can go up first. I have the timer here, so whenever you're ready. Okay.
0: We live in the year 2020. There's a lot of modern technology out there. If you travel around the world, you see a lot of uh, domed football stadiums for things like American football, uh, tennis in hot places, all these kind of things. Why in the world, in, in this country, with all the wealth that uh, is in this country now, why could we not just have a dome stadium that <laughs> teams could play in during the wintertime? I don't understand that. It would be so much better for spectators. Why not put a retractable dome on Croke Park or some <laughs> other kind of place? It would be so much better better for the gameplay for what we could just line up games and play them all all weekend long you know this is what ga needs it's ridiculous that this thing doesn't exist we know the weather's bad it's all people talk about just build a stadium
2: with the dome thanks (laughs) i'm donnie mahoney and i approve this message (laughs) i they they have actually built a it's a training facility in somewhere in i think it's in mayo and it's it's got a full-size ga pitch with room for uh with room for a crowd and I, th- I think that they're, they're probably only going to play like FBD league games there yeah. or something, but it, it's the kind of thing that the, where are in facility they have in like Iceland and these kind of places. Yeah. We're going to see that. I don't know if you can build one of those, maybe you can build a bigger one. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, you saw what's what's going on with Casement Park in Antrim and what went on with Porky Cueve. So I I wouldn't hold out much hope for that, but it would be some crack. you yeah. like the, the one in New Orleans for the American football. That would oh, be, be amazing. A, oh, yeah,
0: super dumb. If you, but build it in a place like Mullingar or Tullamore somewhere like Westmead would welcome it yeah right? <laughs> somewhere where there's a lot of cheap land and um, it's kind of in the
1: middle of the country so that everybody can use it and also bring tailgating more bags of cans mm. for the lads before, before PJ you're up next whenever you're ready
2: count me in okay three two one this, the referees take a lot of shit this weekend like and every weekend but often I think if, if Joe Brawley was to do his true Gale rankings, I think the referees might be on top of it. They're, they're, in my eyes, there is no greater true Gale than the referee. No one cares more about the GA than the referee. All the crap they take and still out there, weekend after weekend. Yeah. That, that is my, the, the GA the referee, the they're truest not, of Gale.
1: They're not getting enough respect yeah. in your book. You
2: want to give them a hug, all the referees? Uh yeah, yeah I, 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 I I got I got no Like I, I'll hug Ciaran Brannigan. I'll hug uh, Sean Hurthon. Yeah. I think I Double think.
1: The, you're de- you definitely have a point that the referees get involved with it for the love of the game because why else would you get involved theres nothing but abuse and I think that's true in the vast majority of cases especially the really good ones who are like at intercounty level that but there's always a few referees who are just in it for the power trip and I don't care yeah. what anybody says we've all been involved in clubs and stuff here and we know that we know the ones we're talking about the lads who just love to see to do somebody over on again in a game
0: it's the kind of personality that's attracted yeah. to this to that kind of profession but you're right. I mean, the responsibility that we heap upon these guys. And um, they, do, they do a pretty good job of basically officiating something that cannot be officiated.
2: Mm. A sport without rules, really. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, like something like the tackling J, which has no definition whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> like if someone like an alien came down here and you tried to define what is like a like allowed a in the tackling J, you probably wouldn't be able to tell them. No, yeah. one, no
0: one would. And then they change the rules every every year anyway. So it's like a week. Once you get get a grip of them, then they change, so
2: Yeah. Right.
1: I I up next ads. My one right, so basically my one is uh, Colin Cooper was and they were talking before the Dublin Monaghan game on Saturday evening about these record GA profits that are set to be announced this week so it's, apparently it's up 7 million euro from last year to over 70 million Jeez. it's going to be at this year and basically I just want to know where this money is going because we've so many clubs and Colin Cooper said it at the time he's like this money needs to be filtered down to the clubs and maybe it will be but there just seems to be absolutely no overarching plan for how clubs can access this money and I know they're not just going to hand it over to every club in the country but clubs should be helped they should be given a hand to come up with plans, viable plans to improve their facilities and I think that would improve everything overall, you know. Mm. So that's my 32nd range I think clubs need more help to, in order to access this money and use it what it should be used for because the game goes well below the inter-county level.
2: It shouldn't just be every club for themselves who no. can come up with the best plan.
1: Because not every club has the same advantages. If you're mm-hmm. a small club in a rural area who would two or three hundred people living in your parish or you're a big club in Dublin or Cork or in a big town somewhere with thousands and thousands of members not all clubs are created equally you know
2: yeah it's it's like when you hear about uh, not, not not just GA clubs but like sports clubs in general applying for grants a lot of it comes down to who they have within the club exactly. like the kind of like the do you have like solicitors barristers mm-hmm. are there uh, accountants people who can fill out these kind of forms like it, yeah, and GA clubs, sh- like every club should have access to, d- to that kind of expertise.
0: Every club sh- with this money should be able to get better kits. <laughs> <laughs> so if they should invest like a kit fund, kit upgrades for everybody, and maybe work with like a high-profile kit maker. Sorry, O'Neill, but maybe like an Adidas or uh, a Nike yeah. or Under Armour.
1: Oh, I-, I like the sound of that really up the standard overall exactly yeah but like you need because it sounds so stupid it's like you need to fill out these forms properly but at the end of the day we know what the GA is like for bureaucracy oh, that oh, yeah. sort of stuff can make or break mm. whether you get this sort of money so lads, is there anything else you want to touch on before we finish up have we covered it all I think we've given the weekend a good summary there
0: I think we've done okay I was feeling bad for the RT pundits and Cantwell having to be so exposed to the elements like it's a tough you think of the referees have a tough the players have a tough media people, they're out there in the exact same weather and they're just standing around doing nothing a lot of the time.
2: With every RT studio this weekend taken up by election it must coverage. must have been, yeah.
1: <laughs> but did, do RTE not have a box in Crow Park, like the one they use for championship? Why did yeah. they just refuse to use that for the league? Especially on a night like it was on Saturday where it was pissing down, and it was freezing outside. It's
0: a very good question. I, I would assume the election has something to do with it, but I don't mm. know for sure. And also, can we give a shout out to, two? speaking of the election, um, we have a, uh, a Mayo man former male footballer now in the doll, Alan Dillon elected last night it's a fair play and also uh, condolences to uh, the barefoot hurler Robert Richard O'Donnell Robert, Robert? O'Donnell Robert, Robert he, he commiserations I should say he won uh, uh, he won 402 first preference votes in the Limerick County constituency yesterday so he won't be in the doll next year but
2: probably doesn't get his expenses
0: back either I don't it? think so <laughs> don't think so but <laughs> a, as a guy who doesn't wear uh, shoes to hurling matches maybe he, did, he, maybe he <laughs> didn't maybe didn't have many expenses kept the expenses low yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: exactly Uh, lads that's going to be all for most uh, that's it for most this week make sure to rate and review the podcast be a major help to us and uh, later in the week we're going to have the build up podcast where we're going to be looking forward to uh, the weekend's football action uh, rugby as well whatever else is on and of course the big rematch we're all waiting for PJ against Donnie in Guess the Handicaps you definitely don't want to miss that one so you can get that wherever you listen to your podcast and make sure to listen and subscribe to everything else on buzz.e so until that take care of yourself and we'll chat to you next week